0: Hi, and welcome to the Martlet Podcast. I'm Caitlin Kukoska.
1: And I'm Cormac O'Brien.
0: It's February, and we're proclaiming this the unofficial month of caring. It's the perfect time to spread the love to your community and take time to help others out.
1: Volunteering is a great way to help others and make yourself feel better in the process. But it's not always easy to make time in your busy schedule to help others out.
0: On this episode, we spoke with three students who selflessly dedicate themselves to the art of giving back. We hope you find it interesting to hear what drives these people to take their time and use it for good. And if it inspires you to do the same, that's even better.
1: Enjoy the podcast.
0: So I'm sitting here with Katie Weaver, a fourth-year creative writing major. So Katie, if you just want to start by explaining the kind of volunteer work that you do and how you like to spend your time volunteering.
2: Well, I volunteer mostly because... I'm the president of Alpha Chi Theta, which is a sorority on campus. And, like, one of the most important aspects of being in a sorority is volunteering. So they're kind of, like, the reason why I had to start. And then now most of us just go above and beyond our hours and, like, do more than we have to.
0: And what kind of volunteering do you do through the sorority?
2: Okay, so me personally, I ended up getting a permanent position at Baby Dog Canada, which is a company that socializes and trains puppies. So once a week, every Sunday, I go and
0: work with puppies, which is super cute, how much training do you have with that? Um, like, what was your experience starting out?
2: Yeah, well, I, after a couple of interviews, I basically just kind of got the position, but first I had to do a bunch of readings and watch a bunch of videos about like how to handle puppies. It was kind of like weirdly informal, I guess, but also when I started out, I wasn't allowed to do basically anything. Like I just kind of stood there and like helped them like hold the, like the puppies if there were too many. But then as I got more and more experience, like now I help lead the classes. I never would have gotten that permanent position had I not, like, been prompted to by Alpha. But then also with Alpha, I have lots of just, like, weekly things that are outside of that that are for various local charities, and we do everything from bake sales just to raise money to, like, more face-to-face
0: stuff, which is usually on the weekends. And what are some recent things you've been doing with the sorority, like, face-to-face contact stuff?
2: A couple weeks ago, we went to Our place Society and they get a lot of Christmas donations and people like donating all their stuff, but there's nobody to actually sort them out and like figure things out for when somebody really needs a jacket, like where's the jacket? So we went there and spent four or five hours just like sorting things, everything from socks and underwear to like dog jackets and stuff.
0: Right. Um, So I know that a lot of students really want to help out with people, but they find that their schedule is crazy already, whether they work or just have classes. How do you find time or how would you recommend students kind of find time to help out?
2: Okay. Yeah, that's a great question because yeah, I'm graduating this year. I'm the president of a sorority and I'm just like an active, busy person. So even sometimes before a volunteering event, I'm a little bit like, oh man, like I so don't have time for this. But the way you feel after volunteering is so much more, like, pepped up. It's, like, a boost of energy because you just, like, spent time for someone else. And especially when it's the face-to-face volunteering and you get to, like, see them and they thank you. It's just really meaningful and, yeah, just kind of, like, gives you more energy to keep going.
0: Do you think you could pinpoint, like, a single moment while you're volunteering that really made you feel like it, like, this pays off, like, this feels really good?
2: When, like, one of the coordinators at our place had come into the room to see what we had done his face was actually shocked and he was just like oh my god look at all these things like he was just so thankful took all these pictures of us and then the same week we had a bake sale for our place as well and you would be so shocked at how many uvic students walked up to our table after they saw like the little our place sign and like started sharing their stories about ways our place had helped them and like, lots of them just donated just because it was
0: our place and didn't take any baking. How would students get involved with the kind of things that you're doing?
2: Lots of big places like our place or like, for example, we also go to Compassionate Resource Warehouse. Um, lots of those kinds of places need really advanced warnings. So like three or four months ahead of you being like, I'd love to do this. You usually need a group. Of like at least six people so just like getting friends together and you need to be reliable you can't just like not show up and also yeah lots of people just think that you can just show up and be like I'd love to help but it doesn't really work like that because lots of people are thinking the same way so while they do appreciate help like if you just show up it's just kind of stressful for them So I would say advanced planning. And then, yeah, for things like baby dog, so many people ask me, like, oh my goodness, puppies, I really want to do it. Like, how do I get a spot? It takes a long time. I had been emailing places that work with dogs for months before I got an interview with baby dog. And even then, I had to commit to, like, yeah, it's been two years. You can't just... Do it for a couple of months and then decide not to or not go if you're hungover. It used to be every Sunday morning, which is, was a bit of a struggle. Um, I don't know. You have to be really committed.
0: Right. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Like start out with the right intention of wanting to do things for other people, but also knowing that it's going to take a lot more than just wanting to do it, like actually have a, a plan and know how you're going to be helpful mm-hmm. too. So yeah. Is it motivational that a bunch of your best friends are volunteering with you?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, We we always have, like, little sign-ups, and it's like signing up to, like, hang out (laughs) and, like, do things, but, like, with each other
0: friends are definitely motivators kind of in getting out and actually doing it because I'm sure you all are great people and you want to help out, but it's even better when all your friends can get together and hang out together and do a great thing at the same time.
2: Yeah. And I, and I guess it's really enabling too, because like I said, we all, we pretty much all go above and beyond our required philanthropy hours because we do have them and you know people know that coming in but like you always have a 30 available people who are like yeah like let's volunteer instead of you kind of like searching around being like I need one more person so I could have six so I can go to the compassionate resource warehouse no there's constantly people who are like yeah let me come let me come
0: just for the sorority like how many hours do you have to commit to philanthropy and is that organized like through sororities and fraternities like
2: yeah, it's different for every sorority and fraternity, but for us, it's ten hours a semester, and five of them have to be with each other. So, like for example, me, I get way more than five by myself doing baby dog once a week, but minimum five like together as a group, and then ten per semester in total, and that's really strict. But we never have a problem
0: with it. Do you think that you're going to continue to volunteer after you graduate, and like if that's the case, what will make you kind of come back to volunteering?
2: Yeah, I definitely will. Well, I'm going to be moving to my hometown,
0: and now... Which is?
2: Which is Yellowknife, Northwest Territories. And just probably with my experience with animals, I'll probably do SBCA, especially because they have so many issues with abandoned sled dogs. Like, But also, I'm not really sure what I'll do like precisely. I have to care about it to do it as well, but I'll find something.
0: When you're choosing to volunteer, like, what are your motivations? Is it just things that you care about, or is it, like, groups of people that you know will need your help?
2: The bake sale that we did for our place right after we went and, like, did the sorted donations was actually supposed to be for Heifer International, which buys, like, chickens and cows for families in, like, other countries, but everyone just decided that, like, we were way more connected to this local cause and had more,
0: like, passion about it, so... Is volunteering worth it? You're not getting paid. It's basically just the feel-good moment. But what, for you, makes volunteering worth it?
2: Every answer is so cheesy. Um, To be completely (laughs) honest, like, the places that at least I volunteered at sincerely couldn't do their jobs without people working for free. And there are some places you go, and you can just tell that you're just, like, there just to, like, be there and say you went. Like, lots of beach cleanups. You're just going because, like, you want to say you did a beach cleanup. But the, the places that you go to that genuinely couldn't continue doing their good work without people who work for free it just like really makes you feel like you're a part of something which is super important on campus and when you're in university away from your family and your friends like being a part of something is so fulfilling and feels so good so
0: thanks so much for sitting down and talking with me katie appreciate your time
2: you're so welcome
3: Paige Bennett. I'm in my fourth year of a Geography and Environmental Studies degree.
1: How many hours a week do you think you spend volunteering?
3: Um, it really depends if I'm organizing an event or what time of year it is. Um, there's also certain things that I have obligations that are only monthly or bi-weekly, so it really varies. It can probably go from anywhere from a couple hours a day every day to once a month.
1: And do you mind just kind of listing out all the things that you have recently kind of volunteered and, and put your time towards? What are what are your kind of commitments?
3: Um, I'm an executive with the Parks Club, and we recently, our most recent event was a fundraiser for the Health Sick Nation after the diesel spill that happened last year. Um, we also put on monthly events. Um, I'm on the Senate as an elected student senator, and that's a monthly meeting along with another subcommittee, the planning committee, and then I'm the undergraduate rep for the geography, equity, and diversity committee, which meets intermittently, and then this year I'm volunteering with the Stolen Sisters March, but it's a one-day commitment other than organizing meetings.
1: I guess we may as well go right back to wherever the beginning was, but what was your first experience with volunteering? Was it back in high school, even before that, or, or was it when you came to UVic? or
3: I wasn't super involved with volunteering in high school, um, I really didn't do any extracurriculars other than a couple of sports, and then when I went to UBC, I helped found the branch of 350.org, the student society there, and then when I came to UVic, I did another two years of not really doing anything, and then probably two years ago now is when I started getting more involved with things on and off campus again.
1: And what was the catalyst for that? What, what kind of made that happen?
3: Um, I think just kind of deciding that I didn't want my degree just to be me coming to campus, putting in work I have to do and then leaving. There's a lot going on on campus I thought was important or needed to happen on campus that wasn't. So I just decided I had spare time, so I may as well do it.
1: How do you find uh, balancing your classes works with all that?
3: Um, It really depends again on the time of year. There are certain times when it's really overwhelming and there's a lot going on and it's super hard to manage. Um, But for the most part, it's pretty doable. I only pick things that I actually want to commit my time to. So it's easy to fit that into my schedule because it's stuff that matters.
1: So you're never kind of regretting going to these volunteering meetings. You're only picking causes that you really do kind of believe in.
3: Yeah, I mean, sometimes, especially with things that are more administrative, like Senate, I don't necessarily look forward to going, but I also think it's really important, so I show up, and then other things I actually really enjoy doing, so it's kind of like a mix of obligation and enjoyment.
1: I mean, do you think there's a certain kind of person who is good at volunteering, or do you think, I mean, I guess even to go before that, is there such thing as being good at volunteering?
3: I guess I was going to say you have to be good at time management, but I'm not really... (laughs) Um, yeah, I think just being able to basically structure your life in a way that things don't become too overwhelming. And I think most people are capable of doing that. Obviously, I think there's a little bit of privilege that's involved. I don't have to work full time or anything like that. To pay for my degree, I have means available um, that allow me a lot more free time than some people might have. Um, But then again, there are also a ton of people who manage to balance work, school and extracurriculars. So That might just be me.
1: Do you find yourself surrounded now with other people who volunteer regularly? And if so, what's that kind of like being in a community of other people who really are also kind of dedicated to the same things that you are?
3: Yeah, I found recently, probably in the last few years, when I started getting involved in these things that I started gravitating more towards people who have either similar interests or at least the same kind of commitment to doing extracurriculars. And it's really nice because they understand when you're really busy and you have a lot going on and they're super supportive. And I think that's really important.
1: Do you have any uh, experiences with volunteering that still stick out to you today? Any kind of memorable experiences or people you've met or or times you've really kind of connected with the work that you were doing?
3: Yeah, um, last year, so my third year in the fall of 2015, I guess. Um, me and a couple of my friends found out that Cunningham Woods was slated to, as a site of development within the new campus plan. And in addition to the work they were doing, they're both um, directors of the Ecological Restoration Volunteer Network. Um, in addition to running that, we created a camp, a student-run campaign um, that eventually led to forest being taken off the list of development sites and i think that's one of the only things i've ever done that had such an immediate and really tangible positive outcome obviously all the other work that i do brings people together like on parks club trips and things like that and that's really nice to see but that was one of the first times i actually saw a really tangible response that happened really quickly and i had a really really positive response to it so i think that's probably my favorite experience that I've had just because I got to do that with two my really close friends are really passionate about that space and it really made a difference on campus
1: because that that's probably one of the difficulties of volunteering It can probably feel like you're just kind of like a drop in the bucket sometimes I imagine that with volunteering it is difficult to really make an immediate impact I don't know if if you would agree with that or not but
3: yeah I think it definitely depends on what you're doing I think Since a lot of the stuff I do is kind of more administrative, like being a student representative on a couple committees and things like that, it definitely a lot of times feels like what you're doing doesn't really matter, especially when you're in situations when the administration doesn't seem necessarily receptive to the student voices that they've asked for. But I think that maybe is just a personal choice in the things that I'm involved with, um, because I think there are some things you can do where you can have very immediate impacts on people's lives.
1: I mean, do you think that literally every single person in the world should volunteer at some point? (laughs)
3: Literally every single person. Maybe not literally
1: every (laughs) single person, but like a decent amount of people. I mean, let's just talk about UVic. Do you think every single student at UVic should endeavor to volunteer at some point in their undergraduate, graduate degree?
3: I think if you have the time and the capacity to do so you should. And if you have something that you're passionate about, you should go for that. But it's also a really good way of finding things that you're passionate about.
1: Have you found stuff that you're passionate about through volunteering through something?
3: I guess through the Students for Cunningham Woods campaign, it's made me more in tune with the dynamic between the UVic administration and student interests on campus, which I don't know if I necessarily, that's say that's a passion of mine now but it's something I pay attention to and I care about a lot um, and that I would like to see shift in a lot of ways so I guess that's something I never really considered before that I've found through volunteering.
1: Um, Obviously you mentioned the Stolen Sisters March. Um, A lot of the volunteering you do just kind of from listening to what you're saying is a lot of very important work but it can be I imagine quite challenging. Do you find yourself Being overwhelmed or finding it a little too intense—all the stuff that you're taking on—and especially when it is just just what you can give yourself, do you find that difficult when you're doing such challenging volunteering projects?
3: Um, Yeah, definitely. At times, it can be a little bit overwhelming when there's a lot going on. It's kind of a watershed moment, like you have projects or papers or midterms, and you also have events going on, and you just don't really have enough hours in the day to get everything done. But I think that comes back to what you're saying earlier about being around people who have similar interests and spend their times in a similar way, because it's really helpful to have a support nec- network that understands kind of what your limits and your capacity are, and they can help you through that and figure out ways that you can get everything done. So,
1: and obviously, like you said, you you started volunteering f- with UVIC, and like that was kind of the you know really where it got started for you. Do you do you think you'll continue volunteering after you graduate?
3: Yeah, i definitely like to. Um, I don't really know what I'm going to do after I graduate, but hopefully whatever community I end up in, I can do some more work like this because I enjoy it.
1: That's one of the beauties, I guess, of volunteering, is literally wherever you are on the planet, there's going to be a cause to volunteer for.
3: Yep.
4: My name is Luke Freimeyer. I'm a fourth year econ student here at UVic, and uh, I'm a member of Effective Altruism.
0: I was wondering if you could just start by explaining what that means and like the definition.
4: Yeah, so uh, Effective Altruism um, really, what we're all about is uh, doing what's like the most good rather than just what feels good. So when you're volunteering and when you're donating money and your time, so uh, we look at uh, the evidence as much as possible. So um, you kind of want to look at things that have ideally some like controlled trials for it. So uh, there's websites that we look at, GiveWell, and they kind of do a bunch of evaluation for charities uh, and tell you... Uh, all the stats about it how effective it is and really like what you're getting for your money when you're donating and that's kind of to contrast like a lot of the time when people go to give money or uh, donate their time it's kind of just the first thing that they see that strikes your interest which is great I don't want to say that that's a bad thing but it's best if you look at what does the most
0: and what kind of things have you been doing on campus to kind of spread the word make students more aware of how they can be like most effective with giving back
4: Well, recently we've been um, kind of focusing on outreach and trying to get the idea out there because um, uh, we do do uh, a bunch of fundraising and stuff. So we do uh, bake sales and things like that. Um, We were at club days. Uh, But right now the main idea is to get the idea of this uh, philosophy out there and uh, try and get people thinking more about where they donate and how they uh, spend their time.
0: If you could just maybe explain where the concept of effective altruism came from. I guess at the event that you have coming up, there's going to be a speaker talking about it?
4: Yeah, that's right. We have a, a kind of a cool event coming up. Uh, Peter Singer, his name is. He's a, a philosopher. His work really kind of got off the ground uh, with animal rights in the 70s. He was really interested in that too. He's a, a utilitarianist, so he looks at what has the most overall good. Um, that's sort of the be-all end-all. So if you can do something that does more good, you should be doing that. He would work around that and he looked at the idea of charity Um, It doesn't matter if somebody's, you know, right next to us drowning in a pool or if they're on the other side of the world, we should be trying to help them either way. You wouldn't just walk by somebody who was in need on the street. So why does it matter that they're, you know, in Africa or China or wherever it is? Yeah. So he kind of got that idea started, especially, you know, with the rise of globalization, it became a more known topic, right? It was harder to ignore. Yeah. So that was really what he was all about. And uh, he kind of gave rise to this idea of effective altruism. Uh, But there's been other people along the way who've kind of more explicitly called it what we call it now effective altruism. Uh, so if you're interested especially in philosophy or, or just in our organization then you should definitely come check it out. It'll be on March 1st at three thirty p.m in Cinecenta.
0: Just like on a local scale what you would recommend for UVic students if they want to get the most out of their time that they want to give back to the community. Are there any like specific charities that you could recommend that like are really doing good work?
4: Well the tough thing about this um, for us is that we we really want to have as much as possible evidence for these things so it's kind of hard to find evidence for local charities for the most part. Um, That being said is um, you look at not just charity as a thing but there's a foundation I guess you'd call 80,000 hours and what they look at is how you can not just spend your time most wisely but if you can look at a career as sort of a possible way of giving back so for instance it might be more effective to be, you know, a stock trader or somebody who makes a million dollars a year, donates 10% of that, and then uses that money in an effective way, which can go to helping other people and having other people do the, the charity work. So if that's something that you're good at and something you think you might be able to do, that would be a more possibly effective way than, you know, putting in 20 hours at the food bank a week, if that's what you want to do. Not to say that that's not a good thing, but, you know, there's, there's other ways to look at it. Uh, you know, you could be a policymaker or something like that. So they have a lot of good resources on helping you choose that kind of uh, career path.
0: How does the feeling that you have when you give back to somebody, how does that factor into all of this?
4: You know, that's kind of a hard part to get past. Our real, our motto is using the heart alongside your head. So what we're really looking at is, you know, don't give up that feeling of wanting to help people because that's a real impulse and that's something that you should be acting on. But the idea is to, you know, kind of look at that and don't just use that for, the, you know, the first thing that you see, but really try and think about where you can be doing the most good. Maybe your aunt died from cancer and you want to help out with the Cancer Society, that's great. And we really appreciate that you want to help. But, you know, if you look at it a lot of the time, you probably could be doing better things, maybe uh, donating your time somewhere else, somewhere local, possibly, if that's something you're interested in as well. But yeah, just take a look at it and keep that in mind.
0: you have, like, maybe, like, a set of tips that you could give people when they're trying to consider what they should do with their time?
4: Um, for tips, I mean, uh, GiveWell is a really good resource for looking at charities. Um, as far as charity evaluators go they're really the sort of gold standard they do testing of their own a lot of the time charity evaluators what they look at mostly is how much the CEO gets paid things like that which is great you should really look at that as well you know if if 90% of the money that they're raising is going to somebody to get paid to keep doing the fundraising it's not really effective but that being said There's charities that could donate all of their money, and it's really still not going to have an effect because what they're trying to do isn't an effective intervention. So look at that and, you know, use common sense as much as you can. Try and get a good feel for how uh, the charity's running. and Some charities are just for money, unfortunately. Um, There's, well, I won't call it any names, just in case.
0: I mean, I think it's important for people to understand like which of these charities that are kind of notorious for doing this kind of thing where their CEOs are paid to the extreme level Um, ones that I have heard of are like UNICEF and like that kind of thing that sound really great. They have these like really great commercials and you just like cry the whole time. But then like when you actually take a look at it, like it's not really that effective.
4: Yeah, sadly UNICEF uh, is maybe not the best. I haven't really looked too much into UNICEF. Um, The one thing that UNICEF does that I will say is good is they actually do some research of their own, which is also good to have. You know, it's always good to see. They want to look at what they've been doing and see if it's effective and kind of just general stats for that kind of thing. So a lot of the time, you know, I'll be looking something up and I'll, I'll see a stat from UNICEF and they're pretty reliable. Uh, But that being said, as good as it feels to give that, uh, you know, $10 a month to some um, starving child in Africa that you've been sponsoring. Textbooks in uh, Africa have been shown for the most part when people are donating these textbooks. They end up donating like English textbooks and these kids don't speak English in a lot of these areas and they have no effect at all. And yeah, it's just kind of a shame that this much money is going to that kind of thing
0: there's kind of like a simple equation that kind of somebody can do that they can feel like their work is being super effective i mean there's the website that you mentioned but is there something that a person could just see if it's worth their time
4: unfortunately that's about the biggest problem i would say with uh, effective altruism and one of the biggest criticisms is that the research and all the data and stuff it doesn't really have much to say about whether it's good or bad because we're so um, logically driven that you know either you have the the data to support what you're saying or you can't really say much about it, and you should probably look for something that does have data to support what it's doing. That's not to say that we don't, you know, appreciate other people who are doing these things. And really, I think there's a lot of um, really effective uh, charities and people who are doing good things. Um, So really, it comes down to your own personal judgment. But keep in mind, you know, that there are these charities which are proven effective, and it may be better to um, try and get involved with those or to spend your money on those instead
0: a final question that I have just finding the time for students is really hard Um, I was wondering if you have any tips like for finding time even to participate in this club or like put on events or like how do you find time to make time for others
4: well I'm uh, pretty lucky in that I feel like I have a fair bit of time personal time right now just uh, with my studies but uh, if you had to find time you know I think what I can relate this to is that um, a lot of the time we think we don't have time and we feel like we're swamped and uh, in a similar situation, a lot of the time we think we don't have enough money to be donating or to be giving money, but uh, a lot of people have been do- uh, joining this cause, uh, giving what we can. And so what they do is they say, pledge 10% of your income to an effective charity for the rest of your life. And it sounds huge, right? You think, there's no way I could ever do that, right? That's, especially for people who are feel like they're just getting by. Um, but there's been lots of stories of people who were, you know, felt like they were living paycheck to paycheck. Um, But yeah, the idea is that you feel like you can't afford to give your time or your money. But really, when you look at it and when you do it, you'll feel so much better about yourself. You'll end up finding other things that you didn't really need. And the overall satisfaction of having helped people is usually so much more worth it than having that extra 10% of your time to sit on the couch and watch Game of Thrones or whatever it is.
0: Thank you so much, Luke, for sitting down and talking to me today.
4: Yeah, thanks so much for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Martlett podcast. Thank you to CFUV and the Martlett for continuing their support in producing this podcast. On our next episode, we'll be talking about politics, though not the type of politics
1: we've been steamrolled by every day in the news for the past three weeks. We'll be discussing the apparent futility of student politics in conjunction with the upcoming Student Society elections here at UVic. Do students even care who gets elected? Should they? Find out next time on the Martlet podcast.
0: I'm Caitlin Kokoska.
1: And I'm Cormac O'Brien.
0: Thanks for listening.